Hello, and welcome to More at Stake, the family business podcast. I'm your host, Amelia Reichert Thomas. Today, I'll be joined by Donna Patterny and Keith Michelson of the Lovins Group to discuss the role of family meetings in family enterprises. Family meetings play an important role in family business governance. They are an opportunity to grow the capacity of the family to meet challenges together as a family and create space to succeed in what Don and Keith refer to as the task of family. Don and Keith will explore ways of creating effective family meetings, how family meetings fit into overall family business governance, and how effective family meetings can make all other meetings attended by family members, including ownership and management meetings, go more smoothly. Don and Keith, welcome back to the Family Business Podcast. Great to be here, Amy. Yeah, thank you, Amy. It's great to be back. So we're talking today about family meetings. What exactly are family meetings, and and what do you mean by the task of family? Well, I'll start. Um, Family meetings are meetings where the focus is directly on the family. The topics are about the development of the family, how family functioning is being impacted by the business, and how business functioning is being impacted by the family. We, we all come from families, of course, but we rarely, if ever, talk about the task of family, which is the answer to the question, what are we trying to accomplish as a family? And our listeners can take a moment to pay attention to what immediately comes to mind when we talk about the task of family. People usually think first about love or support or something about being accepted. In fact, there's a, there's a famous line from a Robert Frost poem that goes, home is where... When you have to go there, they have to take you in, which is really about that acceptance. So after facilitating many conversations about this topic, we've come up with a working answer, maybe not the perfect one, but the way we describe the task of family is that it's to create a space of true belonging where all family members can grow into responsible adults who flourish by pursuing their own unique life's purpose. And this description can be applied to any family. But the family business context can complicate matters. For example, if someone enters a family business out of obligation, they'll struggle with part of that definition of the task, which is to identify their own life's purpose. And if they join with a sense of entitlement, with expectations for a certain role or title or guaranteed compensation level, they might limit their progress towards becoming a responsible adult. I really think it's helpful to have that that notion of what the task of family is. And and so how do family meetings fit into overall governance? Yeah, well, I think that, you know, a central skill of good family business governance is to be able to uh, do something we call manage your hat collection. And uh, and I, I guess what I'd say is that people have multiple overlapping roles in, in a family business. So in this way, they wear different hats. In one minute, you know, you might be the CEO and in the next, you're a mother. In one minute, you're an aunt and in the next minute, you're a board member. And I think family businesses or family meetings provide family members a space within the family business context to be a mother to be a father or a son or a daughter or a cousin. 
in a way that isn't clouded with all of the other decision-making uh, uh, requirements. This space allows people, the family meeting space allows people to focus more appropriately on their roles in other family business contexts as well. So if you have the space to talk about what it's like for you as a son or a daughter or a sister, um, then in, in other contexts, you'll be able to be more purely a board member or a manager or an owner. And if we don't provide that space, then the unproductive family dynamics leak out into all the other meetings. And so a management team meeting then isn't just the space to work things through, um, you know, about what you need uh, to do for your business strategy, but a place to, you know, work out your competitive dynamics. Uh, you know, so if a father and son, uh, you know, have longstanding conflict, if they don't have a space to work that out, it's going to come into a meeting, um, you know, when they're trying to decide, uh, you know, about a new hire, those kinds of things. So how do topics of family meetings then differ from other governance meeting topics? Well, I think it might be valuable to just, you know, have a few examples and to compare how specific topics uh, would be discussed at a family meeting versus how they would be discussed in other types of meetings. So, you know, let's take, for example, family employment and compensation policy. At a family meeting, you might have a discussion of policies related to how a family member can join the business. You know, like you need two years of outside experience, something like that. Uh, you know, why that would actually serve the family members and, uh, you know, their growth and development. But you would not you know, look at performance reviews and how that's going to happen, uh, you know, w with a specific business or, or a specific family member, that would be something that you would do, you know, in, in a, a business meeting in a management meeting or at a board meeting, you might discuss compensation policy relative to the national norms and, you know, bonuses, how they're related to return on investment, those kinds of things. Yeah, I think I think another example that I would throw out is is how a father and son um, work together in in making decisions. So, at a family meeting, maybe what you're going to be focused on is is it, are really the family dynamics. Can the father and son really listen patiently to each other and acknowledge their differences um, in a way that um, that ensures that when in a business meeting, when it is time to make decisions, they're not going to get slowed down, you know, by that difficulty they have, you know, uh, in in the dynamics between them. So at the management meeting, they're making the decision. At the family meeting, they're really working on how they can listen to each other in a more effective way. Uh, one other uh, example would be, and, and this is, kind of, I think, you know, kind of a timely one of of um, uh, uh, family values, talking about family values and how they guide decisions. So at a family meeting, um, that can be the context for really thinking about what are our values and how in the context of a, a crisis are we going to uh, really apply those values to decision making. Then it's in the owner's council when you're actually discussing the questions, you know, discussing the investment that's going to be required to keep 
you know, uh, maybe key members of the of the team working, where the capital is going to come from, how this is all that we're going to do is going to affect distributions. And so, you know, those are two very different subjects that, you know, way, but but they really address the same issue. But one you're going to do at a family meeting and the other you're going to do uh, in, in, in the owner's council. So how would you know if a family meeting is effective? And, and if it were going off course, how would you know that? What would be the signs? Okay, I'll, I'll start with this. Um, you, you can really think of it as, as, you know, if the family meeting is, is being effective, if it's going well, you, you get a sense that people do feel connected to each other, that there's kind of a, an element of heart in it. So, so um, uh, they're not, they're not uh, you know, sitting across the table from each other in, in some way, but they're really uh, being collaborative and they're being thoughtful together. One, one recent example that we had with uh, with clients was when we were working with uh, three brothers who've been, who've been in business together for decades. They they can be very competitive, and as you know, you know, within the context of that family meeting, um, uh, they really started to to move away from from that competition and attacking each other and being critical of each other uh, and judgmental, and started to talk about their their dreams, their aspirations for their each of their children in the business, and what a generational transition process would look like. Um, they also started talking about the, their personal challenges. They were as they were headed after many years, each of them in turn towards retirement. You know the challenges that they have around really letting those um, uh, letting those roles go, and so they really kind of create. They were really creating a space where. You know, in that context, the oldest brother is really talking about his sadness uh, about retiring and and the fact that he was moving on to the uh, to the next phase of his life. And so there's, you know, that's what we talk about that you know heart being in it. That's that's I think a good example. Uh, it was really really powerful. I, I th- these guys are big, tough, really competitive guys, and they really kind of they found a way to melt in that family meeting and and be with each other in a different way i agree yeah and 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 also um you you can have a sense that people are speaking the truth and they're doing it with compassion so uh, another example was a in a very contentious difficult meeting where where kind of long standing resentments were kind of coming to the surface uh you know one of the one, a daughter kind of stood up and was angrily going to walk out of the meeting and other family members really reached out. I mean, physically reached out because they wanted to change this pattern. They didn't want this, this kind of, you know, uh, flight from the family to continue. So they, you know, they, they, um, uh, uh, helped her to sit and to talk to them and they were willing to hear her story in a way that, uh, they hadn't been able to, to listen before. So I think that's, those are two, two examples. Yeah. Yeah. I think there's, there's so many, I I think, you know, another example is, is, you know, when family members are making an effort to get to know each other and not only get to know each other, but sometimes to get to know the business better and, and its effect on them. And I think, you know, one, one example of that, um, uh, we were together for an annual uh, meeting of the family council in a, in a family and, we were having a meeting and all the wives went out to dinner the night before and they came back and asked for time to share with their husbands about um, how 
they saw their behavior, the, the husband's behavior, affecting their children. And when the, when the four of them got together, there were times when they were so intensely uh, competitive and disrespectful to one another that the wives actually saw them modeling for their children uh, something that they didn't want to have continue. And, uh, and all of those husbands actually took it to heart and said, we need to do better. This isn't who we want to be. And we're kind of carrying over something from our childhood into our adulthood that isn't who we want to be. And on the other side of that coin, it was interesting that um, none of the wives are actually in the business that I'm talking about. And later in that meeting, the husbands all shared with their wives details about a new business venture that they were uh, taking on that would open up new opportunities for their adult children. And the wives were able to to, um, ask enough questions and also to share some of their concerns about, um, you know, their, their children's development into these, um, into this space. So I think that's another great example. Um, And if I think more about this, I would say meetings are going well when, when everyone in the meeting is willing to take responsibility for the outcome. So, you know, we often start our meetings by encouraging family members uh, to talk about what they want to get out of that family meeting, but also to commit to doing something to make it happen. And so I'd say when family members are willing to make commitments to participate at the start of a meeting in order to ensure a good outcome, um, that's actually a, a you know an example of a meeting going well. I I like to say in family meetings there's no spectators. It's a contact sport. You know everybody's uh, everybody needs to participate. Yeah, and I'll add one from a recent experience where uh, at a family meeting the the siblings in a third generation uh, ask their parents to reflect back you know back to the previous uh, transition. Um, a previous succession to reflect on why they had decided to join the business that their parents, the, the third generation's grandparents had founded and what family challenges they'd, they'd faced at that time. And so you know, some really meaningful stories uh, emerged out of that. And, and, um, and it really gave those siblings a, a chance to reflect on, on the challenge that they were then facing of whether they really did want to engage with the business over the long term. And I, and, and just the context that, that uh, those, those stories provided, it was really helpful to everybody. And there was a real sense that this was, this was a memorable experience that they'd had together in this, uh, in this business, in this family meeting. So what could go wrong in a family meeting, you know, either in content or in process? We hope it doesn't happen, but certainly from time to time it does. So, so what can trip families up? Well, I mean, I've, I think that's, you know, that's, that's such a big part of this, you know, Murphy wasn't a Murphy's law, anything that can go wrong will go wrong. I mean, I think that's part of the reason why uh, many families avoid having family meetings, avoid putting the family topic uh, on the table. But I think, uh, yeah, I think you're, you're right. It's both content wise where, um, you know, the family um, may get, you know, quite anxious about the talking about the family. And so they switch the topic uh, and start talking about, you know, uh, a management question or an ownership question, and they don't even realize they've left the topic of the family. 
And I think, you know, process wise, um, I, I think people get very anxious about talking about their families. And so they can go into different parts of their personality. You know, one part is a defensive part, which can kind of feel like a victim at times. And another part is a little bit offensive and can kind of begin accusing or, um, you, you know, making uh, demands. And another part can kind of like be very anxious about intensity and can start to try to rescue people. So we actually have identified this little triangle very often with families that we call the villain victim rescuer triangle. Actually, we didn't name it, but it's one that actually really uh, helps people understand that, you know, when attacks and accusations and criticisms are happening, that that's not actually the need. And I actually like to call those things the tragic expression of needs because underneath all that, there is something that needs to be heard or that wants to come forward that, that just can't be because of people feeling anxious and then they engage the defensiveness of, of others. Um, we, we, I actually spent a couple hours today preparing a guy uh, who's going to meet with his three brothers and I went through all of their questions and concerns with him before he, he goes to meet with them so that he could take care of his own reactivity because he knows how intensely he can react sometimes. And so we did a preparation. Um, and so that's one of the things that we sometimes do, um, you know, to handle it, but we offer, we offer other tools as well. You know, we'll, we'll sometimes stop in the middle of a family meeting, um, and, and just demonstrate something like, okay, let's all stand up and, um, let's identify who's actually playing the villain, who's playing the victim, who's playing the rescuer right now. And then we'll actually say, okay, let's go back to other stories in your life and see how this played out and where it got you. And, um, you know, sometimes family members, you know, begin once they've seen that in action, searching for the hints of when this is about to take place. They, they kind of, they, they get the sense of the cycle and then they commit to moving more into positive roles and trying to find a way to create together. So given these complicated dynamics, what are some of the tools that can, can be used to make a, to, to really ensure that you're going to have a positive and productive family meeting? Don made, a, I think, a really important comment just a moment ago that people will you know, not get the family meeting on the, on the, you know, the calendar, you know, when they feel anxious about it, when they, when they worry that there's going to be conflict or that difficult issues are going to, going to uh, emerge, they won't know how to handle, you know, in the moment. And so, you know, structure can really help uh, knowing what content to focus on, you know, really having uh, clear agenda items that are directly related to the family. So you know what you're working on. And then also uh, really making sure that the process is working well. Um, so what, what we were just talking about of how do, how do you um, uh, uh, have a way to facilitate that, that conversation so that you know, people aren't afraid that we're going to kind of go, go in a pathway that's going to um, you know, get into conflict. And if, if we do, we can quickly kind of repair that and move, move forward in a, in a positive way. And we, we've... We've developed a list of uh, what we call road-tested rules for effective family meetings. Um, 
there's a it's a long list, but you know, a few examples uh, of of what are on the list are that you know family meetings happen in the present, but most people are occupied with the past or the future as they enter the meeting. So at the beginning, you know, really start the meeting by taking the time to get present, to leave kind of other things behind, leave the day behind, leave what's happened recently behind, and just be ready to be in the present with the family at those meetings. A second one is to develop the ability to, to, to see multiple perspectives. And what I, what I mean by that is that often there can be, you know, intense opinions about the right or the wrong way to go, or, you know, uh, people can get defensive. Um, but if you can allow space for that, if you can, if you can say, you know, this is my point of view, but my really important job here is to be able to listen. Uh, I don't have to agree with the other family members. You know, I, I think a lot of times people think it, find it hard to listen because they think if I just, if I listen, it means I'm agreeing. Uh, but to just listen, to understand the perspectives uh, that are coming out um, uh, is, is really an important uh, kind of rule for an effective meeting. So each person taking on that responsibility. Uh, a third one is to, to pay attention to yourself, you know, manage your own anxiety. You know, if you are injecting, you know, anxiety into the, into the, uh, into the environment there, into the meeting, that's going to affect everybody else. We're all in it together. People are going to pick up on, I'm going to pick up on that. So, um, uh, you know, your, 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 those family meetings can engage those difficult emotions. And so kind of take a breath if you're feeling anxious and, and you remember, like they say on planes, when you, when you put your oxygen mask, mask on first, you can play a productive role even when, you know, when the turbulence happens because you're going to be able to stay out of the, you know, the, 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 you know when it, whatever the drama is that's starting to unfold. There's a number of other you know, long list of these, but those are at least three examples. Yeah, you know, I, I think, Keith, like one of the things we help families to do also is to recognize it's going to be a turbulent ride, right? It's like there's, there's nothing's gone wrong if there's intensity. Nothing's right. gone wrong if people uh, you know, have emotions and helping people to tolerate some of that uh, in a new way, recognizing that messy uh, is, is the way kind of uh, it goes. You know, it's almost like a good meal is prepared in a kitchen and afterwards there's a whole lot of mess. Uh, and, you know, I think that our, our, what we call our road tested rules are, are, you know, examples of ways to, help to manage the messiness and, and still uh, do something really, really productive. So a lot of those rules are about process. And we've also developed a list of, um, I don't know, more than 20 topics that we've addressed recently with families in family meetings. And I think it's also sometimes important uh, for people just to get a sense of, well, you know, what do you mean when you say focused on the family? You know, it's still, we're still in business together. And so we thought that would be, that would be um, valuable. And so, you know, a couple of those are, you know, getting people together and exploring uh, what you actually helped us to name, Amy, which is called shared purpose. And to really center yourself in this question that is often taboo for families, but why do we want to be in this business together as a family? Why is it meaningful for us? And I think, you know, you're, you're encouraging us to do that has now made that a very important topic of, of family meetings when it's centered on, you know, why is this good for our family or is our family 
the right family to be open, you know, to be owning and running this business um, uh, is, is an important part of that. You know, another topic actually can just be skill building. You know, the, the, the ability to handle anxiety appropriately is a, is a real skill. It's like you could grow a muscle to be able to do that, to be able to listen, you know, productively and, and really hear what's going on for the other person. It's so fascinating when we give families some of these exercises, how in the beginning, they really cannot do them. They've, they're trying and they're putting effort into it. And after a while with, with some coaching, they really get, you know, how to do these, uh, do these exercises appropriately, you know, but people are looking for parenting skills and how they help their, uh, their, their children to develop, um, uh, you know, appropriate relationships with their wealth or even just, you know, the basic money skills. Sometimes we're teaching people how to facilitate meetings, um, how to create agendas, all those kinds of things. Um, but in a family context where they're learning together. So all kinds of skill building. Um, you know, another, another topic area is, you know, talking through succession intentions, but doing that with both generations and really beginning to look at, um, you know, what is in the, in the best interest of the family and also the difficult things like, um, you know, planning for the inevitable is what one of the uh, families called it when we worked on it recently, which meant, uh, you know, their patriarch, um, you know, eventually is going to die and how are they going to handle uh, that, that transition? Another one is sharing business information uh, and inviting dialogue about the business's impact on family well-being which is very different than sharing the quarterly results or the annual reviews. It's really how is this business affecting us as a family? So those are a few, our list is, you know, we, we actually both of these lists, uh, you, you know, we'd like to make available to your listeners, uh, Amy, uh, you know, cause we could go on and on about it. But I think if, if, you know, anybody's interested in looking at these lists, all they would need to do is go to our website, which is lovensgroup.com. Uh, and then enter the insights section. And so you'll find a link, uh, you know, to these valuable lists uh, on, on our website there. And, um, and we'll, we'll be happy to share uh, with folks and even talk some of this through. Well, Don and Keith, this has been terrific. And I'm really glad that you both came in today to talk with us. This is such an important part of being a business owning family together. And um, I know that that both your words and the resources on your site are going to be useful to listeners. So thank you so much. Thank you, Amy. Thank you. This has been More at Stake, the Family Business Podcast. I'm Amelia Renker-Thomas. Thanks for listening. If you like what you hear, please subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts so you don't miss a thing. You can check out all our episodes, articles, and resources on www.engagedownership.com. If you've got a question or an idea that you'd like to hear us address, drop us an email at podcast at engagedownership.com. You've been listening to More at Stake, the family business podcast.